think you've said a few times, and it's easy, it's easy to forget this, that these things can all exist. These paradigms can exist simultaneously. Yeah, and they have to. Yeah. So it's, you're never going to not be arresting disorder. How do we stay in evolution here? How do we not stay stuck in yesterday's process that doesn't work in today's world? Well, greetings, everybody. Welcome back to the Making Permaculture Stronger podcast with Dan Palmer. This is episode 47 in which I share a follow-up conversation with Simon Marshall after a delay of some months where it's very interesting, very fun to catch up with what's unfolded in Simon's life from our initial inquiry into the evolution of his design practice. I was reflecting just as I sat down to record this intro on the times we find ourselves in. I had a sense of the ability of a project like this to to pivot or to to start to adapt to and accommodate everything that's happening in the world that's, that's happening so fast. There's this sort of lag time I'm noticing and I'm not even sure how to to enter the domain of some of the things I really feel, well, I know this project has to acknowledge and speak to and explore. With the whole COVID thing, I'm sh- like so many of us around the world, my family and I are in the midst of some serious decision-making as the, the situation ramps up in nearby Melbourne. Um, the, the community transmission is really going nuts. And of course, that's whether it's a precursor or a correlate of so many other disruptions uh, either happening now or in the pipeline, whether it's climate change or cultural and social unrest, economic recession, and no doubt in some places collapse, the massive opening of, of the conversation awareness associated with the Black Lives Matters protests and movement and all the, the conversations therein around racism, prejudice, discrimination, privilege, etc. Relating even to this topic of decolonization, which I'm starting to orient myself to and, and do some research about uh, and would appreciate any any insight and, and support on. Anyway, lots going on, lots going on. I just want to acknowledge that. Acknowledging also that I see this as a drawing together and an honouring of the energies that are fresh and alive and real at the moment, where the, I see this project and, and permaculture itself, which this project is clearly associated with or part of making permaculture stronger, being its name and all, um, being so incredibly relevant to these uncertain times we're facing, where this core idea in permaculture is all around using healthy conscious design process to navigate uncertainty and to cultivate ecologically informed and agriculturally based community resilience involving regrounding and re-immersing in place, which I guess the way I see it is fast becoming a necessity and I think we'll jump into the conversation with Simon and I'll I'll, I'll check in with you again at the end and update you on where things are heading from here it's actually quite an exciting amidst all the chaos quite an exciting couple of months ahead and no doubt beyond for the project which I look forward to sharing with you more at the end well yeah great to pick up the thread yeah Um, my my mum is responsible for me prompting it because you know we were we tried a few times and all that. And, and yeah. my mum, she's listens to the podcast. I think she's my biggest fan. Yeah. And she, she, she was like something about another episode. She said, and make sure you have the follow-up one with Simon. So, okay, yeah. mum, I'll book it in. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been on both our minds, I think. A bit of a crazy time, not just the global situation, but yeah, we've moved house and um, so much seems to have happened that I... I keep sort of trying to work out where to start with with our conversation, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I had a couple of I I made a few notes after the last one, which is a while ago now. It's quite yeah. a lot of them far out, so I could scan through and see what's useful there. I, I mean, I did I do still remember that there was a moment in the first chat where you were talking about your desire to to relocate your work from Melbourne out to the country, having relocated your life out there and, and, and interested in farm scale stuff and potentially fire mitigation yeah. and, and yeah. that kind of work and, and, and the team thing as well. And yeah. I was, as you were saying that during the chat, I remember I was kind of imaging you as a, what I know of you as a person and also your family, which you're so, you operate as a family in the world, you know, you're, you're, you're a mesh yeah. in a beautiful family. And um, the idea of living in community in a really local way and, 
having micro enterprises, you talked about mushrooms and stuff like that, that feed into larger projects. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then just a few weeks ago, catching up um, or hearing what you're up to, it's like, holy shit, a lot of that stuff is manifesting. Yeah, so it'd correct. be good to hear a bit about that. But do you, do you just want to kind of update us a bit on where you were, where you, what's happened? I mean, yeah, so we had in the works a move out to this farm, which we've now moved out to back then but it, it wasn't in concrete that was in february it's now june and yeah a few things that have sort of resolved themselves i guess since the last time we spoke i think back then i was in a lull with my work and it was it was just after the bushfires and that that was kind of i guess affecting my um psyche a bit and you know it was affecting all of us so at the time i was feeling kind of pensive and and reflective and I, I contacted you in regards to sort of resolving these questions um, and I think just probably triggered by the conversation it was it was almost like a you know it's like when you go to a counselor or something and you sit there and you just talk through stuff and all of a sudden it doesn't seem so hard anymore things just started to resolve themselves based on the things largely what like things we talked about and I think also, um, COVID happened, like it got serious and like it was on the radar, but it got serious and it changed everything. It changed the way people were interacting as well, created a whole bunch of problems, but it also seemed to resolve a bunch of problems. So I found myself being more relaxed about how I was being and less attached to outcomes mm. because it seemed like there was no, nothing was sure anymore anyway, kind of thing. Like it was yeah, just, yeah. well, you know, anything can happen. So I think that was a positive thing. And uh, there was one uh, example I was telling you about a job where I was having trouble with them engaging in, in a kind of a process. Cause I was, I was, I think I was sort of trying to mimic what I, I'd been listening to on your podcast and and sort of what I've been learning in permaculture circles for a few years is having this like process using holistic decision making and that type of stuff, holistic management. And I felt like, yeah, that sort of interestingly enough, that kind of mimicking wasn't really working because it wasn't my true essence. It wasn't you. Um, mm-hmm. And so I started just being myself, I think. And also the the client that I was talking about, he actually ended up moving to the property that we were trying to design and that made a huge difference to obviously how how we interacted he was there and he all of a sudden he wanted things happening really quickly which i had to sort of just get on board this kind of roller coaster then and i've kind of been reacting to him ever since he's quite a impulsive person and has has some resources available so he kind of makes you know flash decisions and then i'm finding myself kind of reacting to that and sort of in using carol's sanford's language like arresting disorder <laughs> and but it hits his disorder kind of thing and i i guess i've it's happened not just in that job but in other parts of my life as well since then where i've kind of just been letting it wash over me and not getting attached to it and that's been working but I'd be keen to talk to you after about if you have any other thoughts on how to how to push past that arrest disorder uh, sort of yeah. Uh, yeah. Par- paradigm and in, and sort of help people like facilitate people to move out of that. You know, like I tried to sort of anticipate this with like setting up a decision making framework at the beginning and it just didn't work. And then we started just interacting and, and we just started acting and we did a bunch of things and it, and it triggered some really great work that's sort of it i was there yesterday doing a whole bunch of planting finally we're getting some plants in the ground but there's been a whole bunch of chaos and people and broken relationships and stuff i've managed to not be one of those so far but i've i'm actually kind of not attached either way yeah (laughs) i'm like i'm there until i'm not is the way i sort of see it Mm -hmm. um cool cool well let let me recap this is super fascinating right because like one sense i get is that you were when we initially talked you had a sense that there was a sense of kind of stuckness and it'd be lovely to be in this different space and I'm not there, but mm. looking back, it's like wheels were actually turning in the background and things have shifted and changed. You've relocated where you're living and, 
And yeah. some of the very thing you were aspiring to do more of has manifested itself. And I love that how you noticed, which we all do, I'm sure, we we try and mimic. I mean, there's a bit of the do good paradigm in it. Oh, this this way yeah. of doing design is good, or this way of showing up, and this way of organizing the initial conversation with a client is good. So I'll try and do that and copy the way such and such does it. Yeah, and and it's always somewhat empty. It's like you're a pale photocopy of the of the real thing. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone else is already taken. So they'll, you know, it's like, hell with it. I'll be myself. And you, and you reached a bit of a fuck it state. Like what the hell? I'll, I'll just show up. I'll just be, I'll be relaxed. I'm not attached. You're saying. And mm. the neat thing is that like, if you change your shape and you change the shape of the energy you're bringing to a conversation or a situation, but like the universe has to change too. So, you know, the client picks up on that and they're having a conversation with a different person. This is a relaxed person that's actually coming from who they are rather than picking up on the underlying sense of, are they trying to impress me or they're trying to be someone else. Mm-hmm. And now you're into the flow of an actual process. So it like feels to me like in some ways, the center of gravity of the conversation is moving from, I'd like to be morally based and working on these kind of projects to, Oh, I am, <laughs> which yeah. isn't to say like, like um, yeah. it's all um, roses from now on. No, exactly. What was it? New set of problems, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a saying from Ethan Hughes about it's not like you move to the country and then suddenly Muppets just sort of jump down out of the trees and you'll hold hands and dance happily forward. Yeah. It's like life is an ongoing uh, growth opportunity and, and it's if it was too easy, it'd be, it'd get boring. And so, yeah, like this is a good, I think this is a really good theme to explore is you're noticing that you're often in an arrest disorder space yes. in navigating this particular process and how, what would it mean to, to upgrade the energy yep. of the, the engagement from arrest disorder up through do good to potentially regenerate life and then, and then still be able to arrest disorder, but from, from a higher regenerate life paradigm or perspective. That sounds good. Is it worth, I mean, so one, that's a different possibility rise that we dive into to this. And I think that's relevant and interesting and useful for me, for you, for listeners. Do you want to fill us in any more about the bigger picture or maybe should we come back to that or so you, you've relocated, you're living on a farm. We've moved to a farm and um, the owners live on the farm and it's a, an organic apple orchard in West Gippsland. And I've been building a relationship with them for the last year or more. And this accommodation came available and we, we wanted to get out of town. We're in a, a large town and, and this is actually, this property is less, it's two k's from the kids' school and it's beautiful. And it, so we're, we're really stoked and we, we sort of, worked on it, um, the relationship and, and moved towards this. And now we've moved mm. initially when we moved here, it was like, it was right during COVID, um, peak kind of, well, the first peak perhaps. And the owner's son had, had moved back, you know, hadn't, didn't have as much work and needed mm-hmm. to get away from the hotspots and things like that. And, and a couple of other people who had lost their jobs who had previously worked at the farm, came here to to work here to to fill the void of another person who had lost their job from the farm anyway long story short we found ourselves in the midst of a kind of unintentional small community that was isolating um and we all moved in here and i guess what i was sort of imagining like i wanted you know remember i told you i wanted to set up this sort of team and i sort of tried to make efforts to make that happen it wasn't really working and it felt again like contrived and and yeah inauthentic um and then all of a sudden i'm surrounded by like-minded people some of whom are mentors some of whom are proteges and it was just this beautiful kind of uh it's actually kind of just come to an end recently people have moved back and it sort of came to an end really quickly but it was a really creative and um, beautiful time that just evolved and yeah, I've, I've now, having moved to this property, I've now got a mentor who is a specialist in water design, uh, in, in consultation for large water projects and things like that. And um, that's really feeding, you know, fits with where I'm headed. I've, I've got a couple of jobs, uh, three jobs I've managed to pick up that are rural design jobs that are basically me helping you know, develop a farm plan for people in order for them to get a planning permit for a property that they're either buying or they've already bought. And 
obviously um, I'm coming at it very much from the perspective of uh, setting up, you know, access and water early on. And that's, that's something I'm, I'm learning as a skill now, which I've been really wanting to, to work on and uh, it's exciting work. So yeah, again, just things just kind of resolve themselves or, or just appeared um, in front of me, which has been really refreshing actually yeah and in quite a strong way too so it'll keep happening right so it doesn't really even matter what we talk about today things are going to keep yeah. <laughs> evolving and revolving and next time we check in and even so i mean what you should what we should treat this as a chance for you to um yeah. for, for the future simon to to kind of give you a heads up on where you're heading from here <laughs> yeah well that's really that's all really exciting that's great interestingly enough though i i was listening to another podcast that is based in in gippsland and i knew if bunch of the people that were on that podcast from various places and it was a year later or so that I was listening to it I didn't catch on to it until it was a bit older and it was interesting listening to the people I knew who were being interviewed on the podcast how much it actually changed and how different things were to what they expected where they were headed like when they talked about they were headed on the podcast and I found myself in exactly that same position listening back I was like wow this is you know stuff just comes along and and throws a spanner in the works or, or, you know, some oil in the machine and, and things flow, you know, like it's, it's unpredictable. And, and I, I'm really feeling like I'm reveling in that actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so. beautiful. I think I might've said this after the chat was um, some of the ways I explored, I was playing around with some of Carol Sanford's ideas and, and actually some of the ideas, some of the ways that Regenesis had developed some of the ideas that they all work with. And mm-hmm. we were talking about function being and will and stuff in a way that I would, I would do differently now. But one, one thing I'd think I've learned since that is I sense like it's happening in the background for me, which is this idea of a, it's like an, she calls it a corporate direction where it doesn't need, need, it, need a corporation, corp, corporate mm-hmm. in the sense of the body. So the direction of the whole, the direction of your work as a whole or you as a whole. And I'm sensing a strength to that a momentum to that. And the way you get to that is by looking for the overlap between she calls it a social or planetary imperative for the word, but it just means something you give a shit about in the world, you know, something you've got energy for, something you'd like to you'd do something about improving. And for you, that's, yeah. I mean, well, before I tell you what I think it is, what, what would that be for you? Because to me, it seems yeah. pretty clear. What it is I mean, in relation to healing the landscapes that we, we talked about, yeah. like I said, like um, the water element is, is absolutely the primary and everything kind of flows from that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's, you know, if you're looking at the um, scale of permanence, which quite a few people use as a design framework, then there's, there's steps above that, which I obviously uh, influence water. But yeah, yeah. in terms of what, what you can grow on a property and how you can uh, manipulate uh, the horticulturally, uh, the landscape, water is so important. So, yeah, I'm really happy to be engaging with that. This property we've moved at, moved to, they created a four acre dam back when they got the place 30 years wow. ago beautiful like wetlands that you can canoe on you know it's amazing and just yeah it's very inspiring and so there's that like in terms of um healing the landscape i feel like i am in now engaged in that and certainly not in the well in terms of fire prevention obviously water is really yeah paramount but i i'm it's completely gone out of my mind i mean mm-hmm. we had we had that incredible bushfire season it's now like winter midwinter plus we've had COVID 19 in between so it's kind of like i actually should really revisit that and sort of think okay now that now we've got some time to think about it and now that like say the cfa has got a bit more time i was thinking about getting involved at that level just like volunteering cfa and because um very much at that you know need to learn what's possible you know don't don't get ahead of yourself type thing mm-hmm. yeah oh, that's great yeah i mean and that resonates with my understanding it's certainly something around healing landscape or you know that you're driving or you're moving through the landscape these rural landscapes and you're yeah. seeing sh- you're seeing stuff that you're seeing potential that's not being realized you're seeing opportunities and and for you they were the, bringing it to a focus it's healing landscape with and, a focus on water and and yeah. trees and access and towards fire resilience and so on yeah, and constructing or or um, making people think about constraint. I I often talk about constraint as a as a design tool. Like, what isn't possible? Because so many, you know, we talked about that last time. Like, people have these really ambitious dreams. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a big part of our role. And, and finding like a niche for people. Like, what's actually gonna 
Because you've got to, it's got to be attractive, attractive to the council. Like that's the whole point of this oh. permit thing. You've got to make it. You've got to sell this sort of working farm idea to the council, and um, so it has to be something you can follow through with as well. Oh. Oh. This guy stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. That because the the other part of the this corporate direction thing, it's quite similar. Really, it's just like what's something you care about in the world that's independent of you, but you, you'd like to have a positive impact on it. And then it's like, well, who are you uniquely? She uses that phrase, essence. Mm. And um, and then where do the two overlap? And so as you as you were just saying that, I was realizing because to me, something that's strong in you that I get is is the there's a there's a humble personableness to you. You know, like you're 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 very like to me, you're 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 non not an intimidating person. You know, you're you're approachable, and it's easy to get a rapport and to feel I don't know, just to feel feel like. I imagine if you're if I was if you're working with me and supporting me on my journey, you'd be like, oh Simon, he's an, he's a lovely human and makes me feel human, and we're going to figure this out together. Mm. Not not the intimidation of oh here's some kind of master Jedi expert who's who, mm. who's going to wrap me across the, uh, the, with a, across the ham when I do something wrong or anything like that. You know, yeah. there's something in there. And then, and then talking about how, what you were just saying, which to me is starting to get into the overlap is that in order to have a positive impact on, in terms of healing landscapes and water stuff and rehydration and, and supporting healthy mm. water cycles to reemerge in a sense that you, it's almost like Bill Bonson's line about Gaia as a primary client, you know, the landscape is a primary client. It just turns out there's some people there and they, they're the ones paying you the money. And, mm. and and it's not just that you want to you don't want them to pay you money so you can get the healing started you want them to be part of that story so they can continue to look after it in a way that's realistic in a way that satisfies the council requirements so it's like in terms of the direction you know that as a as a just a preliminary thing it's it seems to me it's some something around supporting people to evolve like evolve their understandings about what's possible and also their literacy about what they've got here and how water and landscape work towards getting um, landscape healing processes underway something like that mm-hmm. that's what you're doing anyway it's happening man it's happening it's happening all righty well that's cool well should we should we focus in on this this juicy topic of which I'm, i think is a great theme i'm excited yeah. about it you know like we can i'm sure anyone who's worked in any kind of consultancy slash facilitation space can relate to the idea that it's very easy to get to pull pulled into an arrest disorder level which is where the yeah. focus is, oh, there's all these problems, we've got to solve problems, and oh my God, there's, this is about to collapse and that's about to fall over. So it can be very knee-jerk, very reactive, very much about preventing bad things from happening rather than proactively heading towards something positive, regardless yeah. of whether that's a generic idea, which is the next layer of do-good, or it's, it's authentically regenerative, which is about supporting this unique situation or c- coming together of beings, landscape and mm-hmm. people animals and plants and everything to to express them express themselves and, and, and to I, guess, um, I think you've said a few times and it's easy it's easy to forget this that these things can all exist these paradigms can exist simultaneously yeah and they have to yeah so it's, you're never going to not be arresting disorder exactly yeah, yeah. How can you also introduce these other yeah levels or even going back down to i i just realized reading through them just before that the the work I'm doing with the planner is really extracting value. You know, you, you take, you're trying to take a property that's probably not worth very much and get a planning permit. So it's suddenly worth a lot of money. That's yeah. part of what you, your goal is trying like people and they want to be able to live on the property because then all of a sudden they're saving. Living. Yeah. 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 Well, you could say, you could say value return because so value return is the, the name of that. I mean, let's all just run through them for right. anyone's new. I mean, there's in some ways this podcast isn't the kind of thing where you, you know, you you can you kind of have to go and listen to previous ones. Yes. You know, it's not it's not a standalone thing this episode. So good luck to you if you just think you can blow in here, just waltz on and listen to one episode and waltz out and understand what the hell is happening. You should be scratching your head. Go back and listen to the, one of those interviews with Carol Sanford if you're interested. Um, the four levels being value return, which at its at its most degenerative end, it becomes value extraction. But yeah, value return at the very least, right? People want like well, you need a value return in terms of getting something back for your efforts the people yeah. on the land they want a value return which may involve thinking about long-term resale like that, that can negatively influence the focus but at the very least you know we they might want to be getting some sort of value return financially towards paying their bills and 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 let's not forget about all the other different kinds of value and then moving up to arrest disorder which is yeah solving problems and often solving the problems created by 
the, a degenerative value return focus, which is extract value. I mean, mm. often that's part of the deal. If someone wants to look after a bit of land, they're often inheriting a bit of land that's been trashed by an extract value approach and maybe poisoned yeah. or eroded or whatever or compacted and exactly, they're trying yeah. to arrest that disorder. And then we yep. can move up through do good and regenerate life. That's, so one strategy, I guess, is to go back and try and intervene in the process at that, at that value stage. What was it? It wasn't extract value. What was it? Sorry. Value return. Value return, which allows you to, yeah, circum or not yeah maybe circumvent the arrest disorder completely and move straight to the well doing good and, and regenerating i don't know well mm. yeah to set the scene the way the way i see it and, I, and the, the, that i got that i'm picking up from carol which i think is is great is all four levels of paradigm are operative in the world and hopefully we dip in we all dip in in and out of all of them i think it's possible that some of us don't mm. make it to regenerate life so much you know that's mm. that's maybe a less but less common yeah. But the idea being that you kind of, you, ha you sort of, you get your head around them by thinking from the bottom to the top, but then as high as you get, whether it's do good or if you make it to regenerate life, mm. you can then think your way back down and sort of act. So you can arrest disorder in a, in a life regenerating way. You can do good where good is defined mm -hmm. um, from a regenerate life, life perspective, which is like, it's not a generic imposed good. It's, it's good to find where this, this place or these people or them together have defined what good is on their own terms. And you can still, be extracting a value so it's like how can you how can you get the level of thinking and engagement to a regenerate life level and then move back down through these narrower because the idea is each as, as you go up your your sphere of concern is sort of enlarging and your ability to manage complexity is enlarging mm -hmm. but you're getting you're getting wider and yeah. and so you're talking about a situation that would be good to drill into so you're the vibe is the center of gravity of the engagement is a rest disorder yes. and yeah it'd be fun to explore some specific tools for for elevating the center sure. of gravity. Yes, please. So do you, do you want to give us, because I've got a few beginnings of ideas in my mind, but do you want to give us some more of a specific feel for, you know, the kinds of things yep. that are happening? So the owner, decision maker, has the propensity to get a whole, and it's, it's part of how they've structured their business, which is overflowing into this property, that they've bought and that is that they they get heaps of people's different opinions coming in so they get all these professionals coming in and they might not be completely honest with those people i think because they're they're saying come in and quote and do us a, do us a design and i'm one of those people but it seems that they've put they've kind of narrowed i don't know maybe maybe i'm just being uh, led along as well but it seems like there's all these different people and like even to the point where different landscapers are designing different parts of the same property and it's just like what that doesn't work and so i've intervened trying to sort of bring everybody together and and in the process a few people will be like you know what i've kind of had enough of this and they've dropped off so i've taken on this role of trying to be the facilitate uh, cooperation i guess and and get everyone working together but a lot of people have been kind of undercutting each other and there's yeah, it's been pretty messy. Um, people have left and people have, you know, been left holding work that they didn't quite know how to do. And anyway, it's not very specific, but... It's oh, no, it's good. It's useful. It's, I think it's specific enough what we're going to do. What's interesting for me is right now on one of my projects, I'm in the same boat. And so I'm, mm. I'm tackling the same issues. It's a large development project in Melbourne where it's very fragmented, very siloed. You've got engineers and architects mm. and superintendents and totally. the developers that two clients and you've got the future tenants and the sales team, you know, there's this, all these different silos and there's not a huge amount of communication or I don't know if they've ever all actually met and been around the same table mm. and I'm, I'm coming in to design a rooftop or whatever. And, you know, like it's just like, yeah. it's just so many clashing priorities and all that. It's, it's in a, the rest is sort of space and part of it in this context is extreme time frames and expect unrealistic expectations about <laughs> okay dan so here's how it's going to work you're going to have this done in a week and it's like um that's not how it's going to work and it's not mm -hmm. a possibility that's going to be a month mm -hmm. oh okay um anyway yeah so I'm, I'm navigating that and i just i just actually made a move today to to support the evolution of that and maybe I'll, I'll share this, and this could be the inkling of a, it's almost like we can, we can search for some useful, I don't know, principles or, or premises that, that, that are all about elevating an arrest disorder-centered engagement up towards Regenerate Life. Yep. So I'm just looking at 
some of the in her book the regenerative life carol breaks these down and an arrest disorder each one has four aspects one is the goal one is the ground of it one is the direction of it and one is the instrument so I was just looking at the instrument so the instrument in arrest disorder is problem solving to reduce degradation the instrument in education and do good is education opportunity and then it moves up to develop consciousness and, and regenerate life and it seems in both our cases a lot of the disorder is around the siloed approach the fragmented yeah all the different voices sometimes end up vying for position or playing off against each other or trying to yeah. impose their stamp on someone else's ideas and all that kind of thing including myself i, f I feel like i started playing that game and actually surprising surprisingly found myself winning that game right right in a sense like that they they put their trust in me and um i'm now yeah they're now delegating some decision making to me which is kind of what i wanted i guess in in that i I felt like um, someone's making decisions about a landscape, they need to be informed, yeah, not just yeah. like on a whim. Yep. So anyway, yep. Yeah, so it sounds yeah, like there's the opportunity rather than just dealing with the problems that an ongoingly fragmented process generates inevitably is, is to find ways to um, get it more connected, get it more integrated and flowing. It sounds like part of what's happening in the, in the dynamic and the chaos of it all is that you're, part of your position is kind of growing to encompass more of a project management facilitate facilitation type role. I mean, mm -hmm. a big, a big part of it, I think in these sorts of things, when there is an implicit or explicit power structure, like at the end of the day, the client has the power to hire and fire anyone and they're running the whole show yeah. and looking, looking at the, the, the evolution of these instrument components where regenerate life is about developing consciousness. And that's, that's one thing that I've been calling to mind at the moment. So I, I just called a meeting, with the two clients who the, who they themselves can have different perspectives. And mm -hmm. so it was, I was about to have a meeting with one of them and she and she said, Oh, well actually I could do tonight, but it would be both of us. And I was like, perfect. And then she said, perfect. Yeah. It means that my vision, we can make sure it matches with um, the other players desires as well. And more than before I'm, I am in my mind, I'm moving from, okay, yes, I want to get them on the same page and involve them in the pro project. And at this stage they're at the, there is a hierarchy right there at the top of it. And so if I, if I deal with any of the players further down, it's not going to become more coherent. And I'm bringing, I'm bringing this idea of an inner aim, which is something I think could be useful to you too, which we can explore. Okay. Yep. Um, and Carol talks about how, well, she talks about how often we spend our time in two states of mental energy. One is automatic where we're just in the same old rut, same old patterns, playing same loop on repeat um, whatever it is and mm -hmm. then sometimes we drop into what she calls vital which is when we freak out we get drained by something or shocked by something and so in the situations we're both talking about there's a lot of automatic and there's a fair bit of vital too so automatic is just like everyone's trying to do their separate thing and and probably telling themselves that the other people are idiots and they should be running the show or whatever whatever their patterns are and then occasionally there's a clash and something goes wrong and what the hell who put a tree in the middle of the future road or whatever and, you, and it drops into vital and people yell at each other or whatever, right? And then, and then they sort it out a bit and they go back to automatic and it's, so it's automatic, vital, automatic, vital. And then what you're doing is talking about going to this third level she calls sensitive, where you're starting to notice, oh, there's a kind of a pattern here. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. um, and there seems to be scope to, to improve it. But initially, you've got to notice it. And noticing it alone doesn't really do anything. And it can be frustrating if that's all you do. You just notice it and then get sucked back into those, those lower layers. But she talks about how once you're sensitive, there's, this, there's a possibility to move to conscious and conscious is about bringing some kind of focusing device. And one of those is an inner aim. And once you bring an aim and a focus to what you're sensing, so you're sen if you're sensing a pattern of automatic, vital, automatic, vital, fragmentation, rest disorder, you can start to bring an aim to, to the way you engage. So for example, tonight, when I meet with these people, one thing I, I need to do is, is to tell them what's happening and get their input. And also let them know about some of the order that needs the disorder that needs arresting. So like this is a rooftop, your eyes is going to be this mm. big party space is going to be smashed by the wind and the sun. And mm. we need to arrest that disorder. At the same time, one of my aims is to elevate consciousness or develop intelligence or something like that in terms of their own understanding of the process. So that next time around, even if it's a tiny step, that's okay with me. But as long as there's some kind of advancements, like, you know what, Dan, this was really useful. Maybe next time at the start of the next building, you know, we should call you and the architects and us together because we've realized, so I'm, I'm, I'm progressing the process, which has to happen. And part of that is a 
resting disorder. At the same time, I'm also wanting to bring some regenerative, regenerate life thinking in by, by consciously kind of tracking as well as having the conversation. It's like I'm up a level saying, where, where are they at their mindsets? And or maybe I should ask a question about that. Or have you considered that, you know, we, we, we organize a meeting about this or um, how's this worked out in the past or, you know what, what I mean? And, and it's not requiring them to, to make any shift, but just starting to, to realize that I'm not just working on the project. Uh, I'm working on human beings and myself and, and looking for possibilities for us all to evolve, which has to be happening. Right. And, and at the end of the day, if human beings aren't evolving in the capacity to discern life and systems and wholeness and whatever, it doesn't matter how much healing of the landscape you do, it's going to collapse again. Yep. Is that, how does that all, it was a bit of a... That sounds good. So, so that was just an example of an NA that progressing the process though, was it? Yeah, yeah. So the idea is that you can, um, she talks about how you might end up with an aim and I'm playing around with a few different contenders. One of them is manifest development that, that you might stick with for years. So like right. every day, yep. you know, when, when things are going vital or, or I notice I'm on automatic and, I, and then I become sensitive to that, I can say, well, above all else, what am I trying to do? And if it, for me, yeah. uh, what I'm playing with is manifest development. So right now, one thing I don't want to be doing, which can be a tendency for me, is just to let things kind of stagnate or be in old patterns. So what would it mean for me to be in development myself and also to, in a way that supports those I'm around to develop? And then you it can also, me, what's that? Oh, it reminds me, you know, Javan. Javan, uh, yeah, yeah, Javan. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got some episodes coming up with him. He um, talks about in using holistic planning he he has the daily statement of purpose yeah yeah it's a bit like that yeah yeah and i we really benefited from that and just in our family like just like mm-hmm. what, what's the main thing we need to address today like yeah. and just do that until it's resolved to an extent yeah yeah, yeah. what's That's, the priority right now yeah totally or i shouldn't say the priority because that what's the nodal opportunity yeah it's it's a bit like that so jevin has this idea of you can have a, a, a destiny or a long-term in, in, in the language of holistic management statement of purpose, but more useful is one that you have for a day or a week. And that's the other aspect that, that Carol talks about. You can be in a conversation and you can say, what's my aim for this conversation? And I, this helps me a lot because often I'm floundering and there's these different energies and there's problems mm-hmm. being thrown in my face and all that. What's my aim right now for the next 10 minutes? Mm-hmm. And if, if it's just like, it's right. It's, it's um, yeah. Yeah. We'll get, yeah. yeah. It's, clarify roles or yeah. like today I'd, I'd be doing it for each day my aim my aim for today for this day is navigate complexity it's like navigate and she she says it's useful to try the format of a verb noun combo keep it tight so it's only two words yeah and you know or it might be bring back debt to earth or integrate water and access planning or you know whatever it is but how can i bring that energy to the situation so i so i'm not only sensitive to what's happening which can be frustrating because you just sit recur but actually potentially starts to shift things whether or not they actually shift at least i'm in the game i'm having a crack you know and the funny thing is if you do bring a focused aim to a situation like this there's, there's every chance they will shift even a little bit and 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 that everyone will, will benefit from it and you won't have any remorse at having not tried yeah and the, and the empty feeling you know that feeling too of like oh i just I just played the game. I was, you know, we're all in the washing machine together. We went round and round and nothing really shifted. And tomorrow we'll do it again and again and again. Yeah. And, you know, more automatic, more vital, maybe a bit of sensitive, you know, oh, let's, let's notice what's happening here. You know, you can, let's notice you, 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 someone might facilitate a, um, I don't know, some conflict resolution or process facilitation and, and you get into sensitive, but you don't necessarily get to conscious, which is the only thing that's going to shift things moving ahead. Mm-hmm. So it's something you could experiment with, right? Is yeah. I, I definitely could. It just, it takes a bit of planning, doesn't it? You just got to be a little bit organized. So we can going into a situation where you know, you might be arresting disorder, just be like, Hey, what's my, yeah, well, my? I, I mean, I'm struck by the simplicity and power of it. I'll give you another example. The other day I was in a phone call with someone we've met before and we've kind of, kind of just, there's been a bit of like kind of dancing around each other, trying to engage, but not really getting each other and feeling a bit standoffish that kind mm. of energy. And I noticed that was happening again and we're kind of nice and polite and we swap a few notes and, and then we go our separate ways and don't talk again for maybe a year. And um, this time I wanted it to be different. And, and so I called in an inner, inner aim. What's that Simon? Not me, is it? No, no, it wasn't you. No. <laughs> um, Sorry, go on. I interrupted. No, no, you're good. So in the inner aim I called in was evoke collaboration. That was it. 
So I was like, because I noticed I'm, I was I was an automatic. I was like, we're not really connecting here. This is just we're not really engaged. We're we're, we're just kind of in the old pattern. Yeah. And it was evoke collaboration, evoke collaboration. And I just said it to myself internally a few times, and then noticed how it started to shift the conversation. And the way it started to shift was by me taking the initiative and actually yeah. reaching out across the boundary and saying, hey, let me know how I can support you or maybe I could do this for you or whatever. And they were like, oh, well, that'd be amazing. What about we do this together? And by the end, it was like, oh my God, it's like such collaborative energy. And so that's the kind of thing, you know? So you can imagine being in a conversation with the client or one of the other players or something. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's pretty simple, but towards the bigger the biggest shift of moving the moving the energy from being all around arrest disorder up through yep. do good and, and towards regenerate life. Nice. One other aspect of, so I'm going on a bit here, but one other, one of the other aspects of the, of the four paradigms is the direction and an arrest disorder. She says it's living up to standards and then do good is human potential. So you're heading towards developing people and then regenerate life, it's grow capacity for vitality, viability, and evolution, which I really love. Um, and I think it's super relevant for any project like this, whether the whole point of, of anything you're involved in healing landscape is bringing more life, you know, bringing more vitality to the, light, to the landscape. And yet for that to be uh, achievable and maintainable, the, the whole thing has to be viable. You know, the relationships have to be viable if you're helping someone set up a commercial operation that has to have business viability. If it's not viable at some point, it can't be vital anymore. Just like, you know, with us, if we're not viable in the sense we're getting enough calories every day or whatever, at some point we're not vital because we're not alive. And you can't stay viable in a fast-changing world unless you have the capacity to evolve. And so I really I really love playing with aims regarding those three things. It's like, okay, how... How we how how do we stay in evolution here? How do we not stay stuck in yesterday's process that doesn't work in today's world? Yes. Huh. Anyway, I've said a lot. I'm going to shut up for a bit. No, I, I got nothing to say. I'm I'm just 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 listening. It's good. You just um you should sure. try and you should try and inner aim on me. It could be something like rebalance conversation or shut no, down. No, I'm just listening. <laughs> 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 I like it. I'm happy. I, I'm I'm happy to be having the conversation again. Yeah. 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 Um, All good. All good. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so hard to make these moments, but we're we're here. It's good. Yeah. Here we are. Um, yeah. yeah. We're doing we're doing good. We are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. A lot of your the the language we're using. Like I I keep looking at my notes and they're a bit uh, long and stuff. So it's hard to pick out the specific parts, but. So much of what we're talking about is things that I've written down in right before this conversation. It's really good to yeah, right. feel like we are we are in sync. I think very much. Yeah, 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 yep. Yeah, I, I didn't. That was my only main question that I came up with was was the arrest disorder. Yeah, um, good question. But what else did I have here? It'd be good oh, to invite listeners and you know to chime in too. What what, what yeah, are, well, are you actually? <laughs> I was just about to say, I looked through the comments from the last uh, interviews and just there was some things people wanted addressed. So maybe, I don't know if we can address them, but I'll just read out what I wrote. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. One guy was questions in there about the practicalities of design. Look forward to hearing some discussion on them. There was another comment, cooperative and collective in the step when a statement of purpose is worked on, it felt a bit like those notions weren't carried forward as strong, cooperative and collective. I guess we've talked about that in terms of how that evolved naturally for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, if I think about that's in my living situation, but in my in the work, it's it's manifested in both cases also by putting my... I've just put myself out there a little bit in... Um, going the extra mile of contacting all these different parties and saying, hey, I, I really want to work together. Can we work together? Because I think, like you said, there's this assumption that you don't really do that. I don't know. It seems like people don't yeah. make that extra effort to sort of to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to just work together and talk about how we can do this best collaboratively. Goal to contribute to healing the broad landscape seemed to me to resonate with ideas of creating a larger connected network of people in place. Yeah, like I said, I feel like that's happening in multiple different ways. Some yeah. does contribute to healing broad landscape. Down to earth approach in a small scale context 
he felt connected to a larger permaculture strategy that he was contributing to. Oh yeah, what what might happen if? Oh yeah, so I think there was that conversation around more practical um, material or physical activities that that healed landscape and the mushrooms and and um, focusing on that. Is is that is that happening? Are you doing the mushrooms? Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening very slowly because of the way I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing it. I'm trying to be. Um, more organic in the process and and sort of less uh create less waste and things like that so um, i'm trying to grow mushrooms on logs which most people don't recommend because it is a much slower um way but that's that's how uh, compared to growing in in most gourmet mushrooms are grown in plastic bags indoors with all these inputs and stuff right so i sort of was like i don't really want to go down that road and the whole reason I got into it in the first place was because I was cutting down trees. Mm-hmm. It, it, the logs were there. That was the primary resource. So this property that we've moved to, there's a, a 30-year-old oak plantation and, and other exotics they've put in because that used to be a tree nursery here and they left a whole bunch of tree stock in the ground, which has now grown into this mini forest kind of grove. So I'm coming in and thinning the forest. Mm-hmm or them effectively like uh improving the existing stock of trees by thinning out the weak ones and allowing the the bigger ones and the straighter ones to mature and in the process turning those logs into into mushroom logs shiitake and other and other gourmet mushrooms mm-hmm. so yeah and it's it's a bit of a slow process i'm sort of chipping it away chipping away at it you know as a as a side project but it's coming along really well and we've had i sat down with the owners of the property and we've had a kind of business meeting around it and we're working out how that's all going to be structured and it's good it feels really good i just i just don't have a proof of product just yet i mean i've i've experimented with it in the backyard and had success but yeah upscaling is a is a different thing so i'm i'm doing that right now and it's it feels really good it's it's just finding the time the the property owner's son like i said he he has been living on the property again and he's really interested in it and he's been helping me out so that's been great it's fun yeah it's just fun man and hopefully it will also you know supplement some sort of income and but it's it also i just really want to be part of the food movement like i feel like it's a really great thing to be able to contribute is um, a high-value high product, making a high-value product more accessible to people, something that's really healthy. And and mushrooms are really popular at the moment. It's sort of having this whole renaissance. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, hey, can we come back to, I just thought we, one thing we did work on and we got to was something around, you know, we were working on your, um, God, I hope we didn't call it a purpose. Um, but whatever we call it, I think we did. But we got to a statement around what you were wanting to do with your work. And I was just looking at that. It was something around wanting to form from essence a life shape or lifescape that builds community and ecosystem capacity and health, develops a strong synergistic team and provides a fulfilling and profitable livelihood. Nice statement. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just, you know, I thought, well, we did that. So that that when that was more aspirational. Now it's more true. Mm-hmm. So you're forming, yeah. I mean, you've, you've talked a little bit about how you're bringing more of yourself, your authentic self to your engagements. Mm-hmm. There's community building happening. Yeah. Um, there's, yeah, yeah, and you're building, working on projects that are building or oriented towards enhancing ecosystem capacity and health. There is some team happening in, this, in terms of you getting mentored by the water person and having mentoring the mushroom guy and, yep. and provides a fulfilling and profitable livelihood. And you're getting paid for this work. So that's, yeah that's cool right because it, yeah it felt like more of a, a phase change was in order and now it's just a um oh, let's dial it up dial it up yeah i don't really know where i want to go next to be honest i feel like oh, i've reached that you know life happens in waves i guess and i've reached a, a point where i'm content mm. um for the, for the moment yeah i mean we we have our own property that i want to develop which is a constant background that's that's the two questions i get asked well so how the, how's it going with the mushrooms and and how's it going with your property and like i just haven't put any time into it to be honest it's sort of, mm-hmm. i feel like i'm working towards it with with the work i'm doing like I'm, I'm actually working helping people get planning permits for properties that are farm zoned and that's exactly what i need to do for our place but that that's something i 
I do want to make more time for and and I'm heading towards but everything else I'm quite content with at the moment yeah 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 and you've you're getting you've you've sounds like potentially you've got enough work in terms of um farm scale consultancy or process yeah for the moment I guess it's like yeah I've got work coming in and it's it feels really good and then I've been here before and then and the reason I contacted you was I think you know, I've been here before in doing different work and then all of a sudden it just dries up for whatever reason. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Originally that that was a note I had was was exploring, you know, chatting around, like A, getting work and then B, setting it up. So the initial yeah. engagement so that, so that you get off on the right track, which sounded like it was, it was, it was well, maybe more relevant there. But yeah, like you say, work comes and goes. So I what, think I need to... I haven't engaged at all with this business that I'm running. I've been running for a while, like, you know, landscape design. I've never used social media. I've, mm-hmm. I've had avenues to be connected, including through you guys, like to have work coming in. And I'm just a bit lazy like that. I think I just haven't actually gone out and sorted it out from a new, new area. So I think mm-hmm. definitely think it's time to, um, engage in that social media because it just seems like it's almost like a really easy way to get work now yeah yeah i guess so well one thing with your nature of work is that the potential if if you're doing what you really want to be doing and have and having a really substantial impact on the landscapes and the people you're working with a lot of them will have 10 friends with property you know which is the ultimate right because then then if, if it's primed from a process that you felt really good about and then someone else there's word of mouth it's like the conversation's already started. Oh, Simon worked with us like this and this happened. It's like part, part of your work is easier. And there, they, there's much more of a, oh, you're not just some thing I clicked on. You're, you're a human being that someone I trust told me about. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, I'm sure some of that already, already happens that's, and will develop. It's definitely happened with uh, urban landscape, landscaping and, and design in the past, but now this is a whole new field, I guess, yeah, to take yeah. a while to... Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, I've got to get it right, don't I, in that case? Like, if I mm. don't get it right, then that's not going to happen. No, no, they're going to say, stay clear of this guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's not without its risks. And I I um, I try not to think about it at the moment because, because it is quite comfortable and I've got a little bit of money coming in and it's just like a, yeah. But I, inevitably, there'll be a time when I don't. <laughs> I've got to... I've got to be prepared for that. So I think going the extra mile of not just relying on word of mouth or not just relying on existing channels. I think I need to actually just put a bit of time into that. Yeah. 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 Simple, but yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Well, it's great. It's great that it doesn't need to be a long conversation. This shit is happening. I wish I had more questions for you. I don't think I really do. It'll probably occur to me as soon as we stop talking. But. Yeah, yeah, well, you seem through or whatever we can catch up later on. I mean, I'll be, I'll be curious to, it sounds like there's just a really exciting opportunity at the moment that to, for you to be paying attention to process dynamics and finding nodal opportunities or finding places where you can ask questions or suggest meetings or not just accept the status quo of the process and start to, to shift things up. Develop and, and, what's that? Trying to develop my own process, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Write your, writing your own process signature. Yeah, what, what works yeah. What, what works for you? And also the over time discerning the difference between the underlying principles that are the same for every process and the, and the totally different way it plays out in each case. Yeah. And one other thing was, was the, I wanted to mention was trying to jump straight from arrest disorder to regenerate life. I'm not sure if that's even... So, you know, like I, I think yeah. it, it's, it'd, be, it'd be really positive to move even if a process moved from arrest disorder or from value return to rest disorder but from rest disorder to to do good taking it one layer at a time i'm not sure find, let me know if you find any kind of portals that zap you straight yeah. straight up there all right i'll give you give you a chance to go stretch your legs mate and thank you again yeah, thank you so i'm great to check in great to hear of all these shifts and evolutions i'm glad we left it for this long right because otherwise we're probably True. still trying to trying to um tackle a shift that was already shifting by itself absolutely yeah it was like the right time yeah 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 and i'll look forward to checking in again about your experiments with upgrading the arrest disorder yep. context of your process stuff yeah, thank you for that i will aim more truly yeah yeah try it out see, see how you go yeah all right catch you man see you soon thank you. See you Ciao. wow wasn't that lovely follow-up chat and <laughs> yeah as you heard kind of uncanny and very cool how 
um, so much of what we talked about in our previous conversation has come to pass. Now, I said I would update you on what's happening with the project in general. I also alluded to the fact that it's an exciting time in a, well, let's say an exciting world, exciting and scary and harrowing world. In terms of the podcast, I just finished editing uh, well, first draft of a of a conversation with Alan Savory that's worked out really well. It's really had a beautiful exchange with him, the founder of Holistic Management. So I think I'll probably share that as the next episode. And following that, I had a lovely conversation uh, a couple of days back with Scott and Sam from Bourvenir Design in Costa Rica, where we went through and reviewed their holistic context, which is an application of holistic management. So for the next few episodes, I reckon we'll we'll make a bit of a focus, the idea of holistic context and, and decision making and articulating what matters most to you, including defining quality of life and tuning to future resource space and, and whatnot. Not too long after that, I'm, I'm yet to record the f- follow-up interview or two with David Hongren, but I want to start releasing those, and I'm very excited how the conversation with David is going to feed directly into the conversation about permaculture's originating impulse, so stay tuned for that. Actually, on the David Hongren front, I'll also mention we're in discussions currently about the possibility of uh, using this second wave and likely lock- lockdown time as a chance to record an online version of the annual workshop we've been running on the topic of advanced permaculture design process together. So I'll keep you posted on that, but it's looking like it may well happen. Uh, the book project I think I've told you about is coming along. It's really up to me to to wash some more dishes so that my amazing helpers have some dishes to dry in the sense of some text to actually lay their eyes on and uh, give me reflections on, help me evolve. Something else that happened recently is I put a poll out on the Fa- Making Permaculture Stronger Facebook page and website, thanks to the 45 folk that filled that out. Really great to get a feel for who you were and what you'd like to see the project focusing on moving forward. A few flavours, One, someone said personal meetings. It turns out to be my mum. Yes, I will come and visit your mum. Uh, someone else said I'm keen to see work connecting permaculture, deep ecology and kaitiakitanga, which is the Māori approach to land guardianship. It's really simplifying it, but that, in that that ballpark um yeah i'm really really excited about about that i'm actually starting a online course on um today and moldy tomorrow really looking forward to diving into that whole universe uh someone said they're keen to see more case studies how living design process works in practice yeah hell yeah bring bring it on someone talked about the dialogues with the dynamic trio from regenesis representing a high watermark uh, interested in applying these ideas uh, someone was interested in diving into the permaculture principles and deepening those. Yeah, well, I'd love to find a chance to do that. I've done a little bit of that, and it's not something I don't, we've explored in an episode or a blog post. Uh, yeah. So thanks for that that nudge. Someone said they'd like to see explorations of living design processes in the social permaculture realm, i.e. beyond the land-based approach. Yeah, for sure. It's so relevant there, and I'd love to, to do that too. And someone else really enjoyed the early posts about agile software development. Would love to see more connections drawn between permaculture or living design process and related impulses, schools of thought and movements and other areas of human endeavor for sure. Yeah, as I redesign my life around being able to pour more time and energy into this project, I want to go there too. Anyway, great to great to have a sense and it was neat just to see the engagement too, that people are interested in, um, in contributing to where this thing heads. Another very exciting and alive aspect of the project is the community of patrons or supporters who through patreon.com slash making permaculture stronger have become part of our member community and um, every six weeks we're having these really great gatherings where we explore some theme of healthy design process and then have one of the groups share some of their adventures and experiments. Last time it was Arthur from the Netherlands. Just so cool to, to, to be involving this community where we're, we're supporting each other's design process literacy to grow and also to um, have it infuse what we're, the actual projects we're, we're engaged with in the world. So I'll, I'll keep you tuned on how that's all evolving. I've just, I'm just revisiting all that and and excited to kind of create different opportunities for those of you that are inclined towards supporting the project which I am so grateful for and which reminds me I did want to say thank you to the recent patrons who've signed up in the last week or so there's Linda there's Byron there's Daniela there's Adrian there's Phoenix or David from different places around the world so thanks all so much 
your supporters making things possible with a project that simply weren't even on the radar in the past and I'm so excited to be able to slowly shift more of my weight into doing this work which is my work you know it's something that I'm deeply drawn to pursue and go deeper into and to continue to offer as much value to permaculture's all-important design process conversation as I possibly can in this lifetime and um, I'll wrap it up here thanks thanks for being with me Thanks for your listenership and support, and I will catch you in episode 48.